0: Good morning, everyone. This is Riddell with Behold the Connection. I'm so happy to be here with you today. We are going to talk about what, how we can best deal with difficult people in our lives. And I'm going to challenge that whole thought on difficult people. I first wanted to read, though, my latest podcast review. This absolutely brightened my whole morning to read. It's five stars, and it says, Every time I listen to one of Riddell's podcasts, I'm like, Yes, this is what I need to hear. I feel like I ride the Hot Mess Express way too often. I love that she reminds me to lean into my emotions and speak my needs. So hard for me to do. If you need a little pick-me-up and a reminder that you're just doing or that you are doing okay and just showing up is enough some days, listen to her. Thank you for that. I actually really appreciate that. That made me feel, uh, my thoughts about that made me feel like this is a very purposeful venture. I want to talk for about 10 seconds on my parenting course. You can use the code PODCAST, all in caps, to get a discount. But you can find it in the show notes. If you just swipe up with your finger, there's a little write-up under each podcast and a clickable link there. Sometimes I have a printable that goes with the podcast. This time I don't. But you can click through and read all about the parenting course that is uh, changing lives. So, with that said, let's get into this episode on quote-unquote difficult people. I know I'm not alone in this, but sometimes people that are difficult to connect with and love in our lives, this could be a family member, a sibling, an in-law, a child, a partner, someone in your community, someone in your church. Sometimes we feel like We just want to love them and understand them. But the truth is we hold a lot of judgment for them. And we justify the judgment because we feel that we have a lot of evidence for why we think that way. We have a lot of evidence for their bad behaviors or how they've wronged us or how they've slighted us. And while that may have been their intention... We do always have a choice in how we think about things. Uh, There's a story in the back of my mind that keeps popping up, and I'm not sure I'm going to share it yet because I need to be more prepared to talk about it in a vague, anonymous way. But I understand fully the feeling of being hurt by someone that made a comment about something in your life that feels like it was intended to hurt, right? So... When someone does something like that to us, or even just how someone in our lives is living their life, their personality, their abrasiveness, at the end of the day, we cannot change other people. If you're here hoping to learn how to manipulate someone else to be a more likable version of themselves, I don't know how to do that. The last time I played Barbies, I was 12 years old, just barely 12, and me and a friend played it in secret. Like, do not tell our other friends, but let's play Barbies one last time. And in that's the joy of Barbies, isn't it? You can make them how you want them to be. There's such freedom there. The story goes how you want. Even the villain, you can make that villain have a change of heart, you know, or you can manipulate Ken into loving Barbie after all. In real life, That's not how it goes. We really cannot change other people. To me, that is one of the hardest truths for us to accept. But it is probably one of the most accurate truths in life. So then that always brings it back to us. And so that's what the rest of the podcast here is going to be on. What happens is... When someone is difficult for us, when their behavior or their words poke at vulnerable spots in us or trigger us from our childhood, from our subconscious, from things we're a little insecure about, what it does is it brings up a lot of thoughts for us, okay? And then we need to manage those thoughts and that can be a lot of work, but that is our work to do. I hope you'll stick with me here to the very end of this. There is going to be a lot of takeaways in this. And because everybody's difficult person looks different for them... I mean, it can go from as simple as someone irritating you just because they press on a lot of triggers, which is your work to work on, all the way to someone that's abusive. Now, I've said this on previous podcasts, that if your difficult person is someone that's abusive, please seek professional help outside of this podcast. And my blanket recommendation, without knowing your circumstance or situation, is that no one deserves to live in abuse. Okay, so what happens often with difficult people in our lives, and again, I'm talking the the middle-of-the-road difficult person here, not abuse, what happens is we think that we're unhappy because of how they're acting. Certainly, they can make it more difficult for us to manage our mind around them, (laughs) because we control our thoughts, don't we? Or we should be. Our thoughts drive how we feel, which drives our behaviors, The fact of the matter is, there's two things here. You do not have to manage your mind around anyone. You can simply not engage with that person, or you hear lots, I cut them out of my life. That is always your right, your boundary, and your agency. However, I actually think that the word boundary sometimes gets overused when we're just not willing to do the thought work that a difficult person provides. Let me explain. So connection is rooted in love, unconditional love. Love is loving people where they are at, not where we wish they would be. Sometimes we want to love a slightly better version of them. Sometimes it's a less argumentative version, a less dramatic version, a thinner version, a taller version, a more successful version, a less mouthy version, (laughs) We don't have a lot of room at times for allowing for humans with all their flaws to be in our life. We have a lot of rules about how people should be and who they should be. And then how we show up, because our thoughts drive our behaviors, is we show up as the people disconnecting instead of being connected when we want people to be difficult from who they or different from who they currently are. We need to always redirect to what is in our control. Byron Katie says there's your business, God's business, and their business. And we really don't need to be in their business, do we? We all have choice and agency. And quite frankly, most people are showing up in life in a way that serves them. Okay. So even if I want you to think about the orneriest, most argumentative person that you know. They're showing up that way for a reason. And that reason serves them or has in the past served them. And so all it is is their brain has memorized a pattern of behaving and responding that they feel serves them well. If you have more insight and enlightenment into how they shouldn't act that way, then consider yourself lucky, honestly, that you have a broader perspective, or more emotional growth. So the question always becomes, who do we want to be in the relationship? I ask myself that all the time when I'm around people that I find difficult. Who do we want to, who do I, Riddell, want to be in this relationship? You know, loving someone who is loving and easy is not tough, you guys. (laughs) That's the easy part of love. Loving the tough person is where we really learn and grow as a human, okay? We don't just want to love the people that fit in our story. So as you know from other podcasts, our brains collect evidence always to reinforce whatever story that we're running in our mind about someone. So the brain looks for more and more examples about how that person is that way, okay? This can be a friend, an in-law, someone at church, your child, And it really ignores a lot of other evidence of the good in their personality. And it causes us to fall into patterns of they always and they never. They always leave the dishes out. They never help around. You know, you hear that. They always, they never. And you'll actually see this in a lot of in-law relationship. People have their manuals on how they think other people should act. And then when people don't act that way... Often, you guys, people don't act how we want them to. I'm just going to hit that on the knees right now. They don't. People can be wildly disappointing, even you, right? Anyways, we add that evidence then to the story that we have about them, and we create an even stronger negative thought loop. So I notice that when my brain offers me a thought about someone or a warning, like, oh, they're being so rude again, notice that, notice that, It sometimes feels like it's a truth and it feels protective in some way. okay. but when I really dig into it or I question it, I realize, actually, that's a thought and it keeps me stuck or spinning in not liking that person. And then thoughts like that are the breeding grounds of contention, aren't they? And what is the upside to thinking someone is difficult think about one of your children here yes it can feel self-protective for sure but it always hands off your results or your behavior to someone else it's super disempowering they are who they are let me say that again (laughs) Most people and adults are who they are. You will see some very self-aware people throughout their life try to improve and get a little traction here and there. But in personality research, and is it nature, is it nurture? I mean, that's very debated constantly, even to now, plus you add in trauma and personality disorders. And we got a real hodgepodge of (laughs) why people have such abrasive, at times, personalities, But the fact is, uh, a core personality or some very strong and deeply rooted personality traits is very, very, very hard for people to change. They are who they are. Okay. So as I said earlier, who are you? That's where your power is. Okay. How do you want to show up? Can you, can you stepladder yourself there? Can you say, Sometimes I struggle with this person due to my thoughts. Okay, that is keeping the power, right? You can go to curiosity with yourself. Hmm, I notice that I like to become annoyed by this person. Or I notice that I like to look for the bad in this person. The fact of the matter is that judgment becomes toxic very fast. Judgment is there to serve us in life and death situations primarily, You know, are those jelly beans or are they drugs? Is that a bear in the woods or is it, you know, a hairy man? Gosh, this podcast is always very raw, isn't it? Do we need caution? Yes. Do we need boundaries? Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. Boundaries, sometimes we use that as a way to justify cutting someone out of our life. I think that a boundary is... You know what? I'll do a whole separate podcast on boundaries of a million thoughts. Let's say that um, your children are fighting. Okay, a boundary can sound like: I see that you are frustrated. I will not let you hit your sister, and I'm going to pick you up now. We're going to go cool off in in our in my room together. We'll read a book. I will not let you hit her. It, that's obviously a younger child. Okay. Or here's a boundary that I use. Um, one of my children like to complain about my meals, and I said, "Now listen." I hear that this food isn't your favorite. You don't have to like it. You don't have to ever like what I've cooked for supper, but I'm really not open to hearing this feedback either. I worked hard on this, and you're welcome to make a selection or two from the fruit basket over there, but I am not cooking anything else. This is supper. So that's a boundary. And we can have boundaries. The problem is we fear that if we loosen the grip on the judgment reins or loosen the grip on our... A brace of parenting, because our child has personality traits we don't like, that it, the wheels are going to come off. It's all going to fall apart. And I offer the opposite. If we loosen our illusion of control and lessen the judgment, and we work on the relationship and changing the story, it comes together so much nicer for us. Your irritation at the end of the day comes from what you're thinking of their behavior. And... Often that's because there's a lot of shoulds and resistance resistance to what is. You think that child should be different than they are. You're resisting the mother-in-law that you actually got instead of the one that you pictured in your mind. I super apologize if you can hear my kids. They're way at the other end of the house, but I'm a homeschool mama now for this year and they be everywhere, my friends. You know, we can go to curiosity. We can go to amusement. The fact of the matter is, the irritated or the, sorry, the annoying person never gets to feel the angst. It's you that has to feel it. They're just going about their life being the annoying butthead that they often are. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that super lightly. Please don't message me. The person that, like, they're often so oblivious, honestly, especially the really abrasive people. Um, they really don't know. And so, It's you that has to feel the annoyance and angst. And I want better for you. You know, it sounds like I'm coming down hard on you here, but I'm not. I want you to feel better. I also want you to feel the irritation at times because people sometimes are irritating. Feel it, process it, and think, that's just sister-in-law being sister-in-law. I wonder why she acts that way. So you can step ladder your way there. You can feel the irritation You can go to a more neutral thought. You don't have to be like, I love when she makes fun of me. Go to neutral. That sister-in-law being sister-in-law. Then go to curiosity later. Instead of ruminating, you know how we ruminate like, oh, I don't like her at all. And also she did this. And also he said that. Don't ruminate. That is spinning. It is absolutely pointless. And it just adds more toxicity Go to curiosity. I wonder why she acts that way. I wonder when she learned how to act that way. I wonder if people met her needs when she acted that way. I also want to talk about that there will be a podcast soon about um, grandparents and when they're trying to parent your kids in ways you don't like, how to kind of handle that. I also realized I didn't really say much about my parenting course. I'll say that at the end. Um, Some of this is in there too. Okay, so we can always have boundaries, we can always have a voice, we can also see that this is likely a person lacking skills, okay, lacking temperance. This is how I like to look at the people that really baffle or bother me, in addition to I wonder why that serves them. Often it's a person that lives in fear or anger or shame, right? Hurting people hurt people. Okay. If someone's hurting, a way to receive temporary relief is to hurt another person. It sort of feels like passing on the wound. It really doesn't work, but that will happen. It'll become cyclical. That's why you see generational trauma. Okay. So. You don't need to be controlled by other people's anger, your children's anger. You have to manage your side of the relationship. And sometimes there needs to be distance there. Sometimes there needs to be a boundary. Sometimes when people listen to a little blurb I've said or read a little write-up, they think that my parenting or whatever is super permissive. And it's not. We can absolutely hold a boundary. We can just drop the drama. The fact is difficult. People are actually pretty easy to predict. And we'll do a lot better when we stop acting, acting so shocked when they behave the way that they often do. We need to stop resisting who they are and eventually get into looking for their good and get into a place of love and embracing it all, embracing their flaws. You know, getting really to that, oh, that's just mom being mom, Right? We don't have to get into the storm. We don't have to feel those feelings. There's often a perception that unless we're fighting back or being reactive or being offended or being harsh with our children with harsh consequences, that we're soft and permissive. And we're not. We can hold a boundary, but the fact is causing emotional pain to our child or lashing out at someone else, it doesn't equal learning. And it doesn't build connection. It actually stomps all over it. My correction with my kids always happens later. I shouldn't say always. I can be a spaz like anyone else. Usually happens outside of the moment later when we're connected. Connect before I correct, okay? This can be translated to any relationship. Because causing emotional pain stomps all over connection. Connection. Good parenting and good re- good parenting specifically is not measured by what we teach them or what comes flying out of our mouth it's measured by what they learn kids learn when they're regulated with us people connect with us when we're not being abrasive back to them that's the truth of the matter here's the bottom line people are who they are and sometimes that's disappointing and sometimes you need to grieve sometimes the mom that you got or the dad that you got or the child that you got is so challenging or was so emotionally useless to you, sometimes as a parent, that there are feelings there to process. And there is no shame in grieving what you had hoped you would have. And in fact, grieving will move you through it to acceptance. So please hear, please don't, please, please something. (laughs) Do know that I know there are some people that are extremely challenging, and there are some time there is sometimes that before we can step ladder our way to even being neutral towards someone, that we need to go through grief and forgiveness again for us. Okay. Usually that person is off, trotting off, doing their life with not a thought in the world about the harm or hurt they've caused. Okay. Difficult people. Teach us so much. Honestly, I think difficult people are here to either teach us boundaries or lessons on unconditional love. And that is a, that is a valuable work to do, both of those things, okay? Often, I'll just be honest, there's someone usually in each family or extended family who often cause these drama storms and get angry at people or think they're better than other people. Um... You know that's all a facade, usually due to low self-worth, right? But anyways, they draw people into their storm. And can, can we just let them be them? And can we see that they likely suffer from their own thoughts or demons or insecurities and yet not become a part of their storm? Can you hold love for them, but also love for you? I said this on my last podcast, it's love thy neighbor as thyself. It's first to love us and then them, okay? I I really, with difficult people, like to not ruminate in my mind and replay, but rather ask myself what feels the most loving right now for them and for me. When we love everyone in the story, or at least can be neutral and get to love, even if it's like casting out a freaking fly fishing cast to the longest cast ever towards maybe the land of love. Anyways, when we can get to that place even a little and not want to manipulate, we can allow for their emotions and their imperfections. We can even let it bother us some of the time without needing to solve for it or to react to it or to ruminate on it. I also want to offer to you that if it wasn't that difficult person that you've thought about as I've talked this whole podcast, it would be someone else. These people have come into our life to teach us how to love unconditionally, how to manage our mind, and how to have boundaries. these It's a lesson. It's a chance for growth, and we can do this work. Okay, I said I was going to talk about my parenting podcast there's going to be a link in the show notes. If this helped you at all, that will, even if you're not a parent, that will, the course will change your life. It's so much of this type of stuff. I can't wait to chat with you guys next time. It's going to be about grandparents or people criticizing your parenting or them wanting to parent different, parent your kids differently than you and sort of how to navigate that super awkward dance. Anyways, please screenshot and share this podcast. So that's actually the most helpful thing you can do. And till next time, thanks everyone.